And the contention was so sharp between them that it parted asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia. I just messed that up. It's okay. And confirming the churches. Then came he to Derbe and to Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by, of by the brethren which were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained to the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us in what we need to hear today. Lord, the goal is not for me to say something. Lord, the goal is for you to speak to us today. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would honor that request and that we would leave here, Lord, Lord knowing 100% that the only person we heard from was from you and from you alone. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. And so what we're doing, if you're uh, new with us or, or, or kind of have been, uh, maybe you came for Easter and now this is your second time back or whatever, uh, we are picking up right where we left off. Um, before Easter, we are in the book of Acts. Uh, we've been walking through the book of Acts kind of verse by verse going along. And, uh, and so this is where we are. We're in Acts 15 going into 16. And, um, and if you know anything about kind of your, your, your Christian history or your Bible or whatever like that, but we, we see the Apostle Paul here. And the Apostle Paul took three different missionary journeys, um, uh, sharing the gospel and starting churches, establishing churches. And so the, we're about to embark on a second missionary uh, journey. But before they leave, there's a bit of an issue that comes up. And, 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 and we see an issue and we think, man, this is bad, but ultimately it turns out for the best. So if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down, if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down, now before I get to the point, before I get to the point, the t- title of the message is Ministry Multiplication. Ministry Multiplication. Now, w- one thing you'll start to see in the book of Acts is the book of Acts starts with addition. And the Lord added, and the Lord added, and the Lord added, and the Lord added. But as you go into... The rest of Acts, especially into the ministry of Paul, what you start to see is the church has multiplied, 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 multiplied. Now, I don't know about you, but I can get quicker to four. I can go one plus two plus three, one plus one plus two plus three, okay? Or I can go, well, two times two times, does that make sense? Multiplication is a lot faster than addition. Say amen. Okay, so, so we're going to really focus on what that means from the standpoint of ministry multiplication today. So I just want to kind of set it there. But if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to take is, number one, disagreements will happen. Disagreements will happen. Now let's start, like, it's really cool how verse 36 starts. And as some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we preach the word of the Lord and, how, and see how they do. 
So it starts in the point of, okay, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas went on this first missionary journey and went to these different areas spreading the gospel, uh, starting from the standpoint of establishing churches. And now Paul comes to Barnabas and says, hey, why don't we go back to these places where we've started the work and we can go and check and see how they're doing? That sounds like a great thing. Like they, we've been talking about a lot here is saying, you know, we don't want to just win them to Christ. We want them to disciple them as well. And that's essentially what they're saying. I read this, I read this, this in the light of last week and, and, and what God did last week with Easter and everything, but I read this tweet on, on Monday by Robbie Gallaty. I don't know if y'all remember the story when I told you about Robbie Gallaty and kind of the deal, but um, the, here's what he said. He's, he's now a pastor at, uh, at Long Hollow Baptist Church in uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee. He said, the effectiveness of your Easter services this past weekend will be determined by how many decisions are discipled and not left as spiritual orphans. The effectiveness of our Easter service, we, we, we can have a hundred salvations, but the effectiveness of our Easter service is how many of those hundred start to take their next steps in following after Christ. And, and, and that's a direction we're going, all kinds of stuff, and that's exactly what they're doing here. He didn't, Paul didn't want to just win them to Christ. He wanted to help them grow in Christ. And so in verse 37, and, and so Barnabas is ready to go, Paul's ready to go. Verse 37, and Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. His surname was Mark. Now this is the same John Mark that went with them on the first missionary journey, but he decided to go back. And he talks about that specifically, that verse 38, but Paul thought not, to, not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. If you don't remember that, Acts 13, and verse 13, we see exactly when that happened. It says, Now when Paul and his company loosed from Patmos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, John Mark, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So in the context of, the, of, of, of Mark going with Paul and Barnabas on this missionary journey, at some, during a por- portion of that time, Mark says, I'm not going anymore. I'm turning around. I'm going back. I can't do it. Now, we don't really know exactly the reason why he turned back, but he did. And so Barnabas wants to take John Mark, and Paul says, no, we're not. We're not taking him. We're not taking him because he abandoned us in the work. And so here we go. We have two, we have two people, two great men of God that are split. There's a disagreement. Paul's on this side, and Barnabas is on that side. And so we have a, a disagreement. They're, they're, they're both kind of being stubborn about it. Men, men don't have a tendency to be, to be stubborn, do they, ladies? Okay. They're being a little stubborn about it. Paul's on one side and Barnabas on the other. And so we're, we're, we have a disagreement here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make y'all Team Paul. You ready? You're Team Paul. Like, Do y'all have a rallying cry as Team Paul? Let me hear it. Why? There's, <laughs> there's one. Uh, okay. I think you're worried you're on the wrong side. I get it, all right? Okay. So, Team Paul, let's just, this section right here. One, two, three. We're going to say it all together. One, two, three, Team Paul. One, two, three. Team Paul. Team Paul. Okay. Now, you are the sweet ones, by the way, if you don't know that yet. Okay. All right. So, you are Team Barnabas. Do we have a rallying cry for Team Barnabas over here? Okay. You're not in Team Barnabas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. No, listen, you, if you're going to commit to the team, you've got to be over there. I'm just, for this whole entire point, you've got to be over there. 
You think I'm kidding, don't you? Okay, whatever. All right, so Team Barnabas. Team Barnabas. One, two, three, Team Barnabas. One, two, three. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. The middle section. The middle section. You are the ones who are going to decide which team wins. Got it? Yeah, I got my woohooers in the wrong place, all right? I need you all over here, not right here, okay? So we have, so, so just in case so everybody knows which team is which, don't want you to get you confused, just the middle section, one, two, three, which team is this? Okay, all right, so here we go. And now over here, just in case they, they don't remember what they are, all right, just the middle section, they are team? All right, wow, <laughs> golly, <laughs> they're helping you all out over here, like they're a little weak, I want to encourage you. All right, so Team Paul and Team Barnabas. Let's start with let's start with Team Barnabas. Is that okay with y'all, Team Barnabas? Wow, wow, <laughs> oh boy! All right, so let's talk about let's talk about Team Barnabas. Team Barnabas, okay. So first, here's what we need to understand about John Mark. John Mark is Barnabas's nephew. John Mark is Barnabas's nephew. Uh, Colossians four ten. We see this. Um, it, it says Astarchus. Aristarchus. I don't know why we don't name our kids this anymore. Like, I, hey, Aristarchus, come over. Oh, no, whatever. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. And Marcus is the same John Mark, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom you receive commandments. If you come unto me, receive him. Okay? So Mark is family to Barnabas. He's family. Okay? Now, Barnabas may have felt an obligation to take him. Right? Everybody has that weird, that, that one, weird, that sounded bad, that one person in your family that he may not be much, but he's family. Say amen. Okay, all right? Let me say this also. Barnabas doesn't just have a nephew. He has a sister who's saying, now you, you, you take Mark with me. You, you take him with you. You hear me? I don't care what Paul says. You take him. Sorry, maybe, maybe, maybe women don't talk like that. I don't know. But um, there we go. So I don't know, maybe, maybe the sister's chirping in his ear, okay? You better give him another chance. But also, but also Barnabas, Barnabas has a, has a history of seeing potential in someone else. Because here's, here's the deal. So let's not forget that he advocated particularly for a certain apostle at Jerusalem. Acts 9.26, and when Saul, also you may know him by the name of Paul, and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed him to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid and believed not that he was a disciple. Verse 27, but who? Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. When Paul, Paul, let me help you with this. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He, 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 he meets Jesus on the Damascus Road. His life is completely changed. And now he's completely, from the standpoint of preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so he's going that direction. And he goes to Jerusalem trying to see, will somebody please accept me? And they won't. But Barnabas comes up and says, hey, this guy right here is the real deal. So, that, that's that, so now we're kind of going from the standpoint of, of, of Barnabas, okay? So here's, here's what Barnabas, Barnabas always saw potential before he saw a problem. Say amen. Barnabas always saw potential before he saw a problem. So that's, that's Team Barnabas, okay? Team Barnabas. Team Barnabas. Team Barnabas is, okay, why do, why do we need to be on Team Barnabas? Because, first of all, this was family. Mark wasn't just anybody, he was family. 
And, 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 and not, not just from the same way, okay, I need to take care of my family, but I may have a, a griping sister, I don't know. But also, he saw potential in Mark that maybe Paul wasn't willing to see. That's Team Barnabas. Now, let's go to Team Paul. Let's go to Team Paul. Y'all thought I forgot about you, didn't you? Okay. Team Paul. Now, Team Paul is... Now, let's, let's go from this perspective. Paul, Paul, up to a certain point in his life, before he met Jesus on Damascus Road, was killing Christians. Killing Christians. And now he's been delivered. And now he is, he is investing his whole entire life from this point forward to sharing Jesus with every single person he comes in contact with. Here's what Paul's saying. This is serious business. This is serious business. This is, this is an army that we are, we are building an army. We are, I, Paul was seeing that every single moment that went by the day, he was seeing that I'm getting closer and closer to my earthly, earthly home going, and I've got to use every ounce of my time and energy reaching people for the gospel. And here's the deal. He didn't have time for somebody who was half-hearted with it. He said, I can't take half-hearted Christians. Either you're all in or you're not in at all. So that's where Paul's coming from, okay? So again, let's talk about this. Barnabas, Team Barnabas says, you know what? You know what? He's family. I know he messed up, but he's, he, he, let's give him a second chance. He's got potential, all this kind of stuff. Let's not forget about Mark. And then you have Team Paul over here that's saying, hey, hey, this is too serious to mess around. We have got to do the right thing now. And there's no, we can't have him go out again and it's too important of a work for us to have somebody that's just going to kind of go, and then when they don't feel it anymore, they're willing to back up. Now, y'all are decision makers. Remember, y'all are decision makers, okay? We'll do it by, 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 you can clap, you can holler, you can hoot, you can stand up, you can whistle. I don't care, all right? So, if you are Team Barnabas, make some noise. Okay? All right, now, you, Team Barnabas can't vote for themselves, all right? If you're Team Paul, make some noise. Okay, all right, yeah. It's like men going, yeah, we've got a job to do. All right, so according to our vote, let's, let's make the vote one more time, okay? Team Barnabas? Okay, I, see a, I hear a lot of female sounds, okay, voices, sounds, whatever that is. Okay, and then Team Paul? Ooh, thanks if you were like, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> Let me help you with this. <laughs> I'm not judging you by what you pick. All right? Now, let me help you with this. Both men were right, but yet both men were wrong. But both convictions are important. Okay? But here's the deal. We can't be one extreme or the other. We must be both. We must be both. When it comes to, to, to disagreement, when it comes to, okay, I'm on one side, we must be both. We must see the potential in others and give them second chances. Say amen. amen. But we must never forget the importance of the cause at hand. Okay? Now, you're like, what's the point of that, Buchanan? Look, disagreement's going to happen. Disagreement's going to happen. And, and sometimes when disagreement happens from the standpoint of, of ministry philosophy or church philosophy or just, just, just issues in general, we have a tendency to say, I've got my camp and you got yours and we're on opposing sides. No, here's the deal. Sometimes it's not that one person's right or wrong. It's just different. 
Okay? Barnabas wasn't any more right, and Paul wasn't any more wrong. They just had difference of opinion, right? They were in disagreement with it. But disagreements are going to happen. That's a hard thing. That's hard for me to say this. And I'm not saying just in the context of church. I want to really talk about your life in general. That sometimes we look at it, and anytime there's a disagreement, we lose our mind. Okay, disagreements are going to happen, right? Is there more than one way to do ministry? Say yes. Yes, there's more than one way to do ministry. But, and here's the thing, what disagreement doesn't have to do, and here's what happened here, disagreement doesn't have to divide us. What we have to do is we have to see, and I, I don't know how the deal happened, but, but we see it talks about the contention got so sharp that they said, look, we've got to go our separate ways. But it doesn't always have to be that way, okay? Because here's the deal, Barnabas needed to come a little bit on Paul's side, and Paul needed to come a little bit on Barnabas' side. And we'll look at that in just a minute, okay? But notice, but notice, okay? So they disagree. They disagree. Let's keep on going right here. They disagree. Verse 39. And the contention was so sharp between them that they parted asunder from them, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Now, why is that important, okay? They did disagree, but the work still continued. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Barnabas didn't quit and go home. Say amen. He didn't quit and go home. Like I've seen some people, and I'm not, and I, and I hope this ever happens at this at this church. If you if you feel like this is not the church for you, if you if you quit on church, if you quit on, let me just tell me this: if you quit this church, don't quit on church. Go find a ministry that you can fully invest in. Don't 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 say I'm going to take my ball and go home. Okay, it's just and, and here's let me help you this this situation. That if you're coming from another church because you didn't line up with their ministry philosophy or whatever, and now you're at this church, here's what I encourage you to do. Buy into what we're doing here. And, 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 and continue the work, right? Continue the work. The work continued. What's interesting, look at this. What's interesting, because of the disagreement, instead of one missionary journey happening, how many are there now? Two. Two missionary journeys. Because... Paul, Paul goes one way, and Barnabas goes the other. Now, just in case, like I said, that you are team Barnabas, because I know there are many of y'all that are team Barnabas, and you're still mad at Paul for not taking Mark. You're bitter about it, okay? Paul has very different words about Mark later in his life. 2 Timothy 4.11, he says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee. This is Paul talking to Timothy, for he is profitable, profitable to me for the ministry. He's profitable. That there was some, that, that he said, look, l- now, later on in my life, I view back and I say, you know what? He did have potential. He did have something that he could bring to the table. And I, and, and I think Paul is recognizing, I missed it. I missed it. And here's, here's, here's what's really cool, and I hope you agree with this. A, a, good leader, a good leader is not someone that feels like they have the right answer all the time. A good leader is willing to say, you know what? I missed it. I missed it. I, 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 was, I, I was having conversations with uh, some people this week, and, and we were just kind of talking about where we are right now and direction we're going and all this kind of stuff. And, and one thing I had to acknowledge is, like, you know how long I've been pastoring a church? <laughs> Two years. <laughs> not a long time. And here's the deal, and I'm not trying to, trying to scare you off or anything like that, but I promise you that two years' experience is probably not enough experience. <laughs> and so I'm going to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes, Right? 
Okay, we're going to make mistakes. Now, here's what I'll help you with. If I'm, the, if, I'm, if I'm the same type of leader two years from now or five years from now or ten years from now, like, please, hold me accountable to that. Come back to me and say, Buchanan, hey, I will. I will. But, like, like th- there's going to be some things that we miss. And if we miss it, we're going to acknowledge it. Say amen. amen. And that's okay. All right, number two. Number two, don't do ministry alone. Write that down. Don't do ministry alone. This is, this is really neat how this, this all came together. This all came together. Okay, so, so we have Paul and Barnabas are going to go together out. They, Barnabas wants to take Mark. Paul's like, no, that's not a good decision. And so because of that, they say, okay, we're just going to go our separate ways. Barnabas is going to go to Cyprus, and then Paul is going to go on his way. Notice in verse 40, uh, verse, uh, verse 40. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God, and he went to Syria, ah, I know, I know, I know I can say it, I just can't get it in my mouth. (laughs) Confirming the churches, okay? All right, Paul and Barnabas agree to part ways, but notice what we don't see. Paul doesn't say, all right, you don't want to go with me, I'm going by myself. Paul didn't do that. Paul didn't do that. Now, let's, 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 um, let's clarify this. Do you feel like Paul could have gone by himself? Yes or no? Yes, right? He could have. And I'm not trying to say it in a bad way. He's the Apostle Paul, okay? I think he could do it on his own if he wanted to, right? Okay? But he chose, but he chose Silas to go with him, okay? Now, Silas is the one that was sent from the Jerusalem church to deliver news on the verdict they made in, in, about circumcision that we looked at Acts 15 two weeks ago. And so he decided to stay in Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Now, why is this important? Why is this part important? Because both Paul, Paul, both Paul and Barnabas recognize an important part of ministry that sometimes we forget, or more probably probably a, a, a greater um, uh, uh, acknowledgement of is that we take for granted. Ministry was never meant to be done alone. Ministry was never meant to be done alone. Now, we can look back in Scripture, and we can sometimes see and go, you know what? When God had a special work, he called one man. Let's, let's test that out a little bit. Okay? God called Moses. But who did he give him? He gave him Aaron. He gave him Aaron. It's okay. You can say it out loud. You're <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, maybe wrong answer. God called Moses, but he gave him Aaron. God called David, but he gave him Jonathan. God called Elijah, but he but but uh, he also gave him Elisha. First Corinthians three, First Corinthians three, Paul talks about this later on, and and when he's writing to the church there at Corinth, says verse six, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, but every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. Notice this, verse 9. For we are laborers to what? We are laborers what? Together. With God. We are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. Now some of y'all are like, what's the word? What's husbandry mean? I'm glad you asked that. Probably Mark and Candy could already tell you what this means because they use this word a lot at home. I'm just kidding. I don't know if y'all ever say husbandry. But it's the business of a farmer. So a lot, a lot of people, sorry, I apologize. I know a lot of farmers in here. Mark and Kenny are not the only farmers in here, okay? 
But husbandry, the business of a farmer, uh, comprehending agriculture or tillage of the ground, the raising, managing, fattening of cattle and other domestic animals, the management of the dairy and whatsoever the land produces. If we want to get, let's make that definition a little bit more easy to understand. Basically what he's saying is that, look, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're supposed to plant the seeds, we're supposed to water, but God's the one who gives the increase. Amen? Okay? Here's the deal. You, you can, you can um, uh, I know, is anybody in here in like, um, I, I know, y'all are chickens and cattle, y'all are chickens. Anybody in here like an actual like plant farmer in here? Any? Huh? Well, say that again. Grass? Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Are you, are you, are you, are you all on the grass? <laughs> two tomato plants, okay, all right. Who's, who's got two tomato plants? Anthony, thank you. All right, here we go, Anthony. We'll, we'll make you the farmer, of the, the, the glorious farmer. I have, I, have, I have a pasture full, okay, whatever. Okay, you can put seed in the ground. You can water it, right? You, 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 can, you, can, you can put some fertilizer, the whole kind of deal, all kind of stuff. Okay, but ultimately when it comes, to, comes time to it, there's gonna, it's going to need a little bit more water, which is given by God. It's going to need a little more sunshine, right? And you can't decide how big that tomato is going to be. Because who gives the harvest? God does, right? God does, okay? So now, so, but, but our part, doing it together. Now here's, here's what I want to tell you. I'm thankful that I'm not doing ministry alone in this place. Because let me just, and I'm not trying to say this in a way of making you feel bad about me. This can sometimes be a very lonely role. An extremely lonely role. I actually dealt with that a little bit probably about a year ago. I didn't realize how lonely I was getting because, because I, it was like, n- 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 I've t- said this before, when you're friends with everybody, here's what you figure out. When you're friends with everybody, you're really friends with nobody. And I, and I got real lonely, and I had to reach out to, to different local pastors and, and people in different same role with me and all that kind of stuff and just get some people that kind of could relate to what I was going through and all this kind of stuff. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm not doing this ministry alone. I'm not doing this ministry alone. At this time, I want to invite every single one of our um, staff leaders up here. Come on, you already know you're supposed to be coming. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Y'all can get in order, too, so they kind of know what, what, what your team is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can just stay down there. And then that, that's not saying I'm, like, over you or anything. I know you're going to say that later, you know. Oh, you go, oh, okay. Okay, maybe you won't get in order. I don't know. I mean, this is, okay. One, <laughs> two, three, four. Oh, let me just help them with Okay, missions and outreach, guest services, sights and sound, worship. Um, y'all need to flip-flop, okay, life groups, uh, uh, kids in preschool, and then uh, TSM. That's <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, now, what am I, what, now, here's why I'm saying this, okay? I don't do ministry alone here. I don't do ministry alone here. Let me help you with this. What we're doing, and I, and I, I if I could really, really help y'all understand from the standpoint of what we do with the number of volunteers we have and even the resources we have available, what we do, it's amazing what the church, this church of 300-some-odd people is able to do. I'm, sh- I'm telling you, it is, it, is, it is a miracle of God. But, but every single one of these people are volunteers. Ne- ne- not one single person right here is, is paid one dime for what they do. Okay? But here's, here's what I want to tell you. I can't do what I do unless they do what they do. I can't do ministry alone. 
Like, I need these people in my life. There are so many things, like, like we're about to go to Guatemala. How, how much work have I really worked on Guatemala? You can say it out loud. It's okay. <laughs> I basically say, hey, we're going to Guatemala. We got a meeting. I'll show up, all right? By the way, and Cameron, you're, you're doing a lot with Guatemala, so let's not see. That's what, that was your opportunity right there. You know, I'm just kidding, all right? But for the most part, when it comes to their particular ministries, I'm not saying, hey, I'll do this for you, I'll do this for you, I'll do this for you. I'm saying, hey, y'all got your ministries, y'all do that. Hey, we've got an overall vision, direction, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to help you, I'm going to encourage you. But for the most part, they're the ones who are are leading this ministry. But really, that's not even true. That's not even true. Because, let me ask, I'm going to get in front of y'all. Could y'all do what y'all do without them? So y'all aren't doing ministry alone, right? Hey, let, 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 let me, this is, a, this is a perfect one right here. Hey, Shane, all your volunteers, they just quit on you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, you're quitting, okay. They just quit on you. And so, and so um, I, need you to, um, I need you to park the cars. Then as they walk in, I need you to shake their hand. And then what I want you to do is, if they need any information, I want you to stand back there. And then what I want you to do is I want you to walk them back, make sure you serve the coffee to them. Walk in here and make sure you get the bulletin to them, and then make sure you get the offering. And then at the end, I need you to stand over there because we may have some decisions to make, okay? All right? That couldn't happen, could it? Not at all. Not at all, okay? So here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. This is not a ministry, I need you for ministry day. If you have served, if you either have served or are currently serving, At Temple Baptist Fairview, I would like you to stand to your feet right now. We're not going to make this awkward for anybody else, okay? Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Let's give them a hand. Come on. Thank you for what you do. Because let's be honest, guys, would you all agree with me on this? We could not do this alone, could we? Okay? Y'all can have a seat. Y'all can have a seat. Don't do ministry alone. Don't do ministry alone. Okay? We appreciate you. And here, here's the thing. And I, I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll t- y'all know this a little bit about me. I can have a tendency to be a little bit of a team Paul. And I can get a little bit of a, hey, we got a job to do. Let's on the next thing, all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, as soon as, we, as soon as Easter was over, I was like, okay, what's next? And sometimes I, 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 have the, I have the bad part of what I do is I'm, I'm so much, let's go on to the next thing, and I'm not really enjoying the journey along the, along the way. You've got you to gotta sometimes stop and like actually look and say, wow, look what God did, right? Okay. But, but here's the deal. I, I, I don't do it enough. They don't do it enough. But I'm letting you know we appreciate you because we could not do it without you. Don't do ministry alone. All right, number three, last point, last point. Invest in the next person. Invest in the next person. Invest in the next person. <clears throat> so here we are. So there we go. They're, they're, they're now going in two different directions. So Paul and Silas, to start at verse, verse 1 and verse 16, chapter 16. Then came he to Derbe and to Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which is well reported by the brethren, well reported by the brethren that were Lystra and Iconium. Okay? Him would Paul have to go forth with him. Now, we're going we're to stop right there because there's something else we've got to talk about at the end of the message. But 
So Paul and Silas set off on their journey. They go to Derby, then they go to Lystra, and in Lystra they come in contact with a guy named Timothy, who is a disciple. And what do they do? Paul says, "Hey, you're coming with us. You're coming with us." It's it's interesting because here's 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 Barnabas taking Mark, and and Paul and Barnabas had taken Mark before. And so he doesn't want to take Mark, but he doesn't say, hey, I'm not going to take anybody with me. He's saying, hey, Paul and Silas, here we go, but we've got to find somebody else, a younger one, to go with us, to go with us, okay? Now, this is the beginning of the spiritual mentorship that Paul starts with Timothy. Towards the end of Paul's earthly ministry, you can read specifically some instructions that he gave this disciple. It's in First and Second Timothy. You can read that in your New Testament, and this is why he was pastoring the church at Ephesus. But Paul knew the importance of investing in the life of someone else, and he instructed Timothy to do the same. Look at this. This is interesting. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Look at this. This is what Timothy's instructions were to Paul. He said, And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the, the, the things that Paul had told Timothy... The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So this was a principle that Paul believed in, that Paul was not like, look, I'm not a Lone Ranger Christian. I'm not a Lone Ranger missionary. I'm not a Lone Ranger pastor. What I have to do is I have to invest in someone else. That is my responsibility. And so much to the point of that he's saying, hey, Timothy, you're at the church of Ephesus. You need to put this in place. We've been talking about discipleship. True discipleship is not even just being discipled and then discipling someone else. That's what I said last week or two weeks ago. I said, look, what discipleship is, is you're discipled and you disciple someone else. But according to this verse, that's not even true discipleship. True discipleship, successful discipleship, is when you disciple someone who in turn disciples someone who in turn disciples someone else. Essentially, you have to have spiritual great-grandchildren. Not children, not grandchildren, but great-grandchildren. Let me follow the verse again. Remember, he said, those things that I've shown you, okay, all right, those things that I've did to you. So Paul did to Timothy. Timothy was supposed to commit those to, to faithful men who then in turn were supposed to teach others also. Uh, let me help you with this. When, when, when you're being discipled, you're a Timothy. But once you're a disciple, you become like a what? A Paul, <laughs> okay? Titus is the next way around. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. It's okay. All right. <laughs> he corrected me on the other thing. We're good. All right. So, all right. But you become a Paul, and then it starts the process down, okay? But, 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 but Paul to Timothy. Timothy the next, and, and then to the next. Now, this is the fun part. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Now, we are, we are in the process of, in this fall, to kick off a discipleship program. And there are conversations throughout the sections of the discipleship material. So it's not just a come in, fill out a book, all this kind of stuff, read some scripture. It is, there's some, some interaction there, okay? And in the last week, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you all a head, it's a 14-week deal. In the last week, one of the questions was asked if you, have a, if, you, if you have had a mature Christian to invest personally in your Christian walk. That was the question. Have you, is there somebody in your life that is personally invested in you? I discipled seven different people, starting in January, and we got done right before Easter, seven different people. 
Put eight on there. I'll include myself, even though I've been discipled. Of all those eight people, two of us said we had somebody. Tim Barbie, you said Travis Sharp, and I said Malcolm Carter. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Full-time missionary is the one who invested in you. Full-time pastor is who invested in me. Okay? Well, you're like, well, that's great, Buchanan. If it was my responsibility <laughs> to personally disciple every single person in this church, I'll see you in a couple years, okay? Not, not just a couple years. Let's, have, let's talk about, like, some of y'all be like, I'm on my deathbed going, all right, all right, Benny, you ready? Okay, <laughs> you're my last one, okay? Is it the pastor's job to disciple everybody? No. Some of y'all don't even want to answer that question, okay? Discipleship is not a pastor thing. Discipleship is a Christian thing, say amen. amen. It's a Christian thing. But that's, to me, that's sad. One of, I, I'll tell you what a life group question is. One of the life group questions, the, the, the questions are, has any, have you had anybody ever personally invest in your spiritual walk? And I think a lot of people are going to have the same response that most of my people had. No. And then the question is, where would you be if someone had? Where would you be right now if someone had? So I'm just going to tell you this. This is my last time I'm going to promote this, okay? But here's the deal. We need people who are willing to disciple for the purpose of discipling others through our life groups in the fall. And in order to, in order to lead a life group in the fall, let me just say this right, plain and simple. In order to lead a life group in the fall, you must be discipled. Have I made myself clear? Say yes. You must be discipled. If you do not want to lead a life, if you're a current life group leader and you do not want to lead, and you want to lead a life group, you must be what? Discipled, okay? But we need more than just the life group leaders we have. We need, we need men, we need women, we need couples. And let me tell you this, I, I don't know what your plan is. I'm just looking at you on this. Because I did Tim and Adrian, and I said, hey, if you're going to go through discipleship, I want you to disciple somebody else. And here's what Tim did. Tim said, here's my time. And guess what? Adrian said, here's my time too. She's having Taco Tuesday. Guess y'all don't like tacos. Okay, all right. So, and I don't know, I don't know, I'm not putting the pressure on you. But, but I think it'd be really cool, the fact, okay, just because Adrian's married doesn't mean that she can't disciple other ladies in this church. Say amen. That can happen, right? Okay? So here's what I want to encourage you. I want to put it out here, okay? If you, are, if, you are, if you would like to invest personally in the life of someone else this fall, whether it be ladies, whether it be men, or whether it be couples, okay, then here's what I want you to do. Fill out your Connect card and put on the bottom, Discipleship. Put on the bottom discipleship and put it in the offering box. Now, the reason why this is the last time I'm announcing it, because you have 14 weeks to get through it until August starts. Buchanan, I've got big plans for the summer. Okay, we'll work around that, all right? But we want you, we want you to be discipled and help us in the discipleship process. Now, this is, this is kind of interesting because I'm going to announce something real quick. And you're going you're to think, why are we announcing this? This makes no sense. But this is, at this time, I want to announce that we have discontinued life recovery in the well on Thursday nights. Now, some of y'all didn't know that. Some of y'all are not even aware that maybe we even did life recovery in the well. Life recovery was the, for those that were just had hurts, habits, hang-ups, something that was just kind of, they needed a little bit more attention, okay? It was not just an addiction program. Say amen, Todd. It's not just an addiction program. We did have people that dealt with addiction, but there were people that were just had, that they just needed a, a little bit more every single week help in that particular area. The well was something that was started that was for women that were dealing with depression and anxiety. Now, why did we discontinue it? Why did we discontinue it? 
Because really, and there's, a, there's a multitude of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons was it became unwise for the time, energy, and resources we were investing to continue those programs. We just didn't have, we just, uh, to, put it, to put it bluntly, we just didn't have people participating in it. Okay? So, so I think it's wise as a church that if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're putting time, energy, and resources towards something and it's not working, it's our responsibility to stop it. Say amen. It's our responsibility to stop it. Now, I understand. Here's the thing. Let me, let me just say this real quick. There's a lot of churches that would have not stopped it. Because a lot of churches would say, hey, we got this program, and now we're going to start that program, start this program. And you've been to a church maybe, maybe that says, hey, look at all these programs we have for you. Here's the deal. We keep people in all these programs, and they're not outside these four walls. Ministering to people out there, they're just all from the standpoint of, I'm just going to minister right here, okay? And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Now, some of you are like, we need a life recovery program. I'm glad you said that. We have one. It's called discipleship. Because if somebody comes in here that needs life recovery, you know who I'm going to hook them up with? Todd Berry. And Todd Berry's going to disciple him. And in the process of discipleship, do you think maybe you'll talk about some things when it comes to recovery? You probably will. If we have a lady that's dealing with depression and anxiety, you know what we'll do? Do we have a ministry for that? Absolutely. It's called discipleship. And I'll get you with Julie Anders, and she'll help you and, and disciple you through that. Tim Barbie and I were talking. There's a couple, there's, there's a, a, a couple guys that we know that are, are either coming out of homelessness or currently in homelessness, and we want to reach people that are in homelessness in our own community. Say amen. amen. We want that to happen, okay? Do we need to start a homeless ministry? Sure we do. It's called Tim Barbie discipling somebody, all right? And here's the deal. We, we go to resource clinics. The people that go to resource clinics, if you're willing to go to New Orleans and Augusta and Cincinnati to go minister to the homeless, why would you not want to minister to the homeless right here in your own community? Okay? And so, uh, 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 Izzy, I'm not going to put pressure on you, man. I'm not going to put pressure on you. Okay? But guess what? This discipleship material, it doesn't just come in English. It comes in Spanish. So there, are, 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 there, are there Hispanics in our community? Absolutely. Do we want to reach them? Absolutely. They, may, they don't speak the language. That's okay. We've got somebody who speaks the language. We can disciple them. No pressure. Okay? All the Hispanics and all the... Okay. <laughs> Maybe Veronica will come for the next service. We've got someone for the guys and someone for the girls. Okay? All right. But that's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. All right, last thing. Now, this is kind of commercial, and then we'll come back. Some of y'all, y'all were like, man, this is a long time for a commercial break. Wow. <laughs> Let's keep on going here because we need, we need to hit something. I don't want to just skim over this. Verse 3, him would Paul have go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered him the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. So, and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now, here's why we have to talk about this. If you missed what happened, let me just help you with this. Okay? Paul circumcises Timothy. Now, if you were with us before Easter, you're like, what is going on? Because they had just established at the beginning of 15 that circumcision was not required for salvation. But yet Paul takes the step of circumcising Timothy. And you're probably like, what is going on? Because here's what, we, what was determined in, in, in chapter 15 before Easter. Salvation is by grace alone and not by works. Amen. Amen. Grace alone and not by works. So why does Paul circumcise Timothy? The reason why he circumcised Timothy is to help him more effectively 
to win the Jews. That's why he did that. Now, and I, I, don't want, I can't skim over this, but here's what I want to help you with. 1 Corinthians 9, 19. Because some of us really get in a big deal about, like, okay, there's, this is what the Bible says, okay, but, you know, if you have your own, you know, my, my convictions are these, and I'm not changing my convictions or, you know, my preferences or whatever like that, because by golly, this is who I am, they can get over it. Notice what Paul says to the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians 9, 19. He said, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a what? Jew, that I might gain the who? Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. Okay? So there, there were certain laws. In the, so even when Paul would go into certain, certain areas, that no, he didn't necessarily have to do this particular ritual or ceremony, but he did it so that he could relate to them so he could get them from the standpoint of understanding the gospel. Verse 21, to them that are without the law as without law. Okay, so those that didn't even care about the law, I didn't even go over the law. Being not without the law to God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. Verse 22, to the weak became I as weak, that I may gain the weak. Look at this. I am made all things to all men, that by all means save what? Some. Save some. Here's the deal. Sometimes you're going to have to change your approach. Sometimes you're going to have to, to, to maybe do something that, that maybe you're like, well, you know, uh, uh, great example, great example, great example. And I don't do this, but, but there are certain situations where I don't, l- l- y'all know this, I don't wear a tie. I did last week. You'll see it maybe at Christmas, okay? I'm just saying, I don't wear a tie. But I do know in some areas to where I will need to wear a tie for the occasion so that I will then be able to reach someone else. Okay? Now notice this. Why do we do all that? Why do, why do, why do we change, you know, and, and, and work around, you know, so that we can do that? Verse 23. And this I do for the what? Gospel's sake. Gospel's sake. I may, might be partaker thereof with you. Now, the reason why I have to hit this and the reason why I have to explain this is because I need to make sure you understand. This, don't confuse this with engaging in sinful activity. This is not saying, hey, I'm going to go get drunk so that I can reach the drunkard. No, <laughs> don't do that. Like, pass me another one, buddy. Do you know Jesus? Don't do that. Or, now this is a little much for Fairview, Alabama probably, or like murdering someone to reach a gang. Like, you can be a part of our gang if you go to off that guy, all right? <laughs> maybe, maybe our schools are like that some ways, you know. Hey, if you just if you beat that guy up, you can be part of this, whatever. Okay. But here's the deal, and this is a great example. Sometimes we have to put our preferences aside to reach someone else. Now, great example. We're going to Guatemala. We're going to Guatemala. This has become a cuss word in my house. This, the cuss word in my house now is Duolingo. If you don't know what Duolingo is, <laughs> uh, you can just, it's an app that you can learn Spanish, and every time you go and write, it goes, ba-ding, ba-ding. My wife was like, I'm going to about to ba-ding you, okay? <laughs> but Duolingo is an app to learn a language, okay? And so I'm doing Duolingo. I wish I could be able to say, like, I am a yo soy uh, what's do? I, I haven't learned that one yet. 
Yeah, okay, you, you messed me up again. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I know to be now is Sarah. I've learned that one, okay? All right, uh, to, uh, okay. All right, so, but, uh, yo hablo espanol, okay? <laughs> now, why am I learning Spanish? Why am I learning Spanish? Because the people in Guatemala speak what? Spanish. Now, here's, the, here's what I'm trying to help you with. This is... I'm, I'm, you're thinking this is a crazy illustration, Buchanan. But here's how what sometimes we do in our own Christian walk. What we do is we go to Guatemala and we go, I speak English. Speak my language. <laughs> Some of y'all do that at Walmart. Now quit it, okay? All right, I know. Okay, <laughs> granted. I understand. They need to learn the language. I get it. Be a little patient. But if I went to Guatemala and said, you speak English, I'm not talking to you if you don't speak English. Why, why am I learning Spanish? Cameron, why are you learning Spanish? To reach them, right? Now, again, obviously, I'm not going to be like, oi, today, all right? I'm not going to, it's going to be broken Spanish. I get that. But if in any way, shape, or form, I can, I can learn a language so I can better reach somebody, I'm willing to do what I have to do in order to reach somebody. And, and, and I, I love it, don't get me wrong, but there are some weeks, I'm on, I think I'm on like day 41 of like a streak, whatever, you have to do like five lessons or whatever, and I had to do the intense, you know, the intense version, you know, whatever. But there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if I'm really like, I don't know if I really want to spend the, what, what do you think, what do you think, to get your, to get your streak, 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes every single day? Let me just be honest, sometimes I don't want to spend 30, 45 minutes of my day learning Spanish. But do you know why I continue to learn Spanish? Because I want to reach people in Guatemala. Okay? So, again, this is kind of a, that's kind of a side note deal. But, again, th- again, circumcision was not required. But Paul saw it as, hey, you need to be circumcised. Because if you're circumcised, you will be more accepted of the Jews. And you'll be able to tell them about Jesus. All right, in conclusion. In conclusion. I know it was a long message, guys. I apologize for that. But maybe next week will be shorter. Maybe, okay? We're not always going to view ministry the same. But we cannot allow our personal convictions to stand in the way of the mission. Amen? The gospel work multiplied because of a disagreement. We must continue in the ministry, but we can't do it alone. I think everybody can relate to this statement. It is too easy to quit when you go solo. Too easy to quit when you go solo. We need one another. Finally, who, who is going to take it when we are gone? That's a big question right there. Every, every single ministry that you're in right now, everything that you're doing, one day someone else will be doing it. And you won't be. And I'm not trying to be, that's not trying to be morbid. I'm just saying that either God's going to call you away or God's going to call you home. One of the two. And so who is taking your place? Who is going to be here when you're gone? I mean, this is something, I'm 37 years old, but you know what? Before long, I'm going to be 67 years old. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And that's like, that's 30 years from now, and I hope God gives me 30 years to pastor this church. But what are we doing today to make sure that Temple Fairview is an awesome church 30 years from now? It's not going to be based upon what we do right now from the standpoint of the work we do. It's the investment that we make in the future. We must invest in others so that they can take our place and in turn invest in someone else. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand.